0: Thanks for joining us on 2Age Sojourner. And uh, we've got a little bit of Meredith Monday for you. So, more to come. Hey, Chris, what's going on?
1: Not much. I'm glad to be back.
0: Yeah, happy Meredith Monday.
1: Happy Meredith Monday.
0: These weeks go by so quickly, don't you think? <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Uh, so we record all these like back to back and we're just faking that we're on Monday. What day is it actually today? It's Friday. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't tell them, though. It's actually Monday. It's Meredith Monday. Right. right. Um, all right. So Meredith Monday, we want to be thinking about uh, Kleinian thought, not strictly speaking. I, You know, what I have in mind there is just anything related to Klein and the way that it kind of impacts our thoughts on just... Theology and life and church and just whatever, but um, but you know th- of course um, there uh, we have to also talk about merit of Klein's thinking on things and um, and even just what we feel about it. And may- maybe there are some differing views we have with Klein, um, and that's okay. But it's just a good starting point, and um, and he's done such uh, profound work on so many important things. As well, one of the things I love about Klein is the way he kind of straightens out. Theologically, what it what it means for us to be Christians right now in the New Covenant, even though he, much of his work was on the Old Covenant and, or at least on, um, you know Genesis and 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 mapping out the Old Testament, the implications for for the New Covenant are just um, all important. And um, mm-hmm. and so one of the things um, I wanted to talk about uh, today was this issue of the Dominion mandate. And I know this is kind of at the heart of so much of um, the debate that exists um, between views on covenant theology, and this really extends into, uh, I suppose, the the Westminster's uh, in, in their uh, debates with one another, and and um, and just views on mono-covenantalism and grace before the fall, and all of that kind of ties into this, but. Um, the, the the dominion mandate was something that was given to Adam um, prior to the fall. It was, in many ways, wrapped up uh, in the covenant of works. Would you agree with me there, Chris? Yes. Right. So part of his thing, I mean, his probationary kind of deal, Adam at least, uh, was, was, was to um, obviously not eat of the tree and— um, and then uh, to begin his work of, of having dominion. And part of that involved uh, uh, spreading the image of the glory of God uh, in the image of man, at least, or the glory of God in the image of man all throughout the earth and um, and populating the earth. And and then, of course, we know that uh, the fall happened and uh, you know, he failed his probation. And from that point, uh, everything from the Genesis 3.15 promise is looking forward to that. That that lost Adam, the one who wouldn't fail, the one who would um, uh, not fail in the task of of being obedient to God, uh, who would really do the the a covenant of works, so to speak, in that he would uh, work on our behalf, and he would then give what he worked uh, for perfectly to us by by grace alone, and um, and, and so I think uh, you know one thing. I'm not sure if we have had an episode of this already, but basically one of the things that's so amazing about that is you get to the Great Commission and um, there, there's the, the last Adam uh, having succeeded in his probation, commissioning uh, his bride helper again now in the church, um, not Eve, but the church to go about the task of filling the earth with the glory of God in the image, not of the man of dust, but the man of heaven. And, uh, it's just this, this amazing sort of closure to that story. And, uh, really, the beginnings of a theology of mission, I suppose. Mm. Um, but one of the things that falls in between is, uh, this, this issue of the dominion mandate and the cultural mandate. And, um, and here's where it gets, I think it turns into a bit of a debate and transformationalism, um, you know, you have a whole theology out there that says, you know, it's still very much the task of Christians and and the church to have dominion, whether that looks like a theonomy or theocracy or whatever, um, or, or whether it just looks like, you know, trying to redeem culture or transform culture or bring in the millennium or whatever it is, um, there, there are many different versions of it, but basically there is, there is an idea that the, nothing has changed and whatever Dominion mandate and cultural mandate was given to Adam, uh, is very much upon us now at the church. we almost without any uh, regard to what Christ has done. So, um, have I, have I represented that okay, or do you think you want to add anything there?
1: No, I think that was a pretty good summary.
0: Okay, there we go. That's that's kind of off the off the cuff, but hopefully that'll that'll work just to get us started. Um, so. You know that leaves people, and often, often actually, from from my experience, um, you know, people who come from a more reformed setting to to our church, and uh, perhaps that previous reformed church has not has not been very Kleinian. Um, they've they've perhaps adopted another kind of reformed theology that that advocates a a more transformationalist viewpoint, uh, thinking of themselves as being tasked to, you know. Uh, uh, be fruitful and multiply to have dominion over culture and that sort of thing uh, and and then I come along and I say no 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 actually that's not that's not a thing you don't have to worry about that that's the great commission <laughs> now and uh, it was it's just like shock and horror and you know denial it's just like the phases of of um, of uh, grief <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that people go through and and uh, eventually they come around to it and they're like okay well that's awesome but then there, there are the lingering questions like all right so are we? are we to still have children and why and what's the deal there? And, and, uh, so let's talk about that, Chris. I mean, any thoughts on that?
1: So many places I could start with this. I, I think that we, we do need to say that we still participate in this created realm, um, uh, old creation, the original creation that is not yet the new creation. Um, although that principle is at work as a result of Christ's resurrection, um, but insofar as we participate in in this old creation, mm-hmm. husbands and wives are still, I think, designed to have children. That doesn't mean that something's wrong with you if you can't have children. And I think that um, there's there's nothing wrong with um, you know being satisfied with just a few children. Uh, right. I, I know that there are reformed folks out there that think that you know unless you have eight to 10, you know, there's something wrong with you. Mm. Um,
0: and and just to interject there, I mean, basically the reason they're thinking that is because it's almost like it's as, well, it is the great commission in many ways. It's, it's, it's almost like, uh, the way you know our, our task as, as Christians are to be is to be fruitful and multiply, and, and so why would you stop? You know this is the way we gain Christian influence, and mm. and, and you know <laughs> and that sort of thing. It's driven theologically. It's not just that they feel that children are a blessing. Mm-hmm. You're uh, there's, right. There's more to it uh, often than that. And yeah, it does. I've actually uh, I've actually spoken to to women that do feel like something is wrong with them if they're unable to have children. And they can't actually fully enter into, you know, what God has purposed for them, uh, which is a big burden. I mean, often there'll be tears when they realize this. Yeah. And um, that, that that that's not necessarily the case. And they feel like they can be Christians for the first time, you know, properly true Christians. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's, you know, something's gone wrong there. And, and look, I can see that the burden would be rightly upon them prior to the fall, Dominion Mandate. You know, this is the job. What's going on? You know, if it's not right. happening, there's there's an issue. But of course, you don't have the fall yet. You don't have sin. You don't have the problems that come in with infertility, and um, and so you know, it, it's almost like it wouldn't be a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a result of of whatever, whatever the reason, uh, to to feel that way, it's it just it, it's 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 almost has an undue burden upon it, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. uh, that just breaks my heart to hear that.
0: Yeah. The other thing, though, and perhaps this is where it gets a little bit more controversial. Maybe there'll be less tears on this one, but it's more just a matter of, okay, where do we sit with this? You know, today, I know varying cultures will will differ here, but generally speaking, I think it's fair to say that in the West, probably, you know, keeping your family size smaller than larger is the way, you know, people want to go. And, Mm -hmm. uh... Maybe sometimes that's, you know, driven by, I don't really feel like children are that much of a blessing. And actually, I'd I'd prefer to have a new computer or a new car or, you know, and uh, spend my money elsewhere. Um, And maybe there's a kind of a a drive on on some other things there. Uh, Maybe at the most extreme level, Christian couples get together or get married, I should say, and... um, and they decide not to have children because they just don't feel like having children. or uh, that That's kind of where, for me, where it gets a little bit tricky. I think I have an answer for that uh, theologically. But uh, what do you think about that?
1: Well, sure. I mean, I think that uh, people can have bad motivations for, for why they do things um, in all different areas of life. Mm.
0: Yeah, so it's almost like you're putting it down to just a... It's almost a separate category, you know, of what's wrong with your motivation rather than a big dominion theology mandate thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's bring it back to Klein. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but here's what I understand Klein saying. The whole thing that happens with the dominion mandate um, insofar as we continue to live out our common grace status, let's put it that way. Um, Or just without one foot in this world, even as Christians, or even just, you know, non-Christians, I suppose this would apply to as well. You know, what does God want from the family? What does God want, you know, people to do uh, in, in a common grace realm? Uh, and, and and especially in light of the fact that it used to, or p- prior to the fall, it was this commission to to have dominion so that you can enter into an eschatological state, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how do, what do we do with that? And, and as I understand uh, Klein, he's saying that, and I, I love the way he talks about this in that almost as a prism of light is refracted. Um, so the common grace idea refracts the dominion mandate idea in that it's still present the light goes through common grace or that i should say the dominion and it goes through common grace but it, it's changed um it's a little bit different it's changed now it's under a new rubric as it were and um and that um basically looks more, less like hey the goal now of your childbearing is eschatology and more the goal of your childbearing is the well-being of humanity, the preservation of humanity, right. um, for this, you know, this age before before the end. Um, does that sound fair?
1: Yes. Okay, uh, I heartily agree with that.
0: Okay, great. So, so we're on the right track there. And what that means is um, that as a as a Christian now, as you sort of said a, a few moments ago, that you know we're not in glory yet, um, and sure we have the fulfilled sort of great commission now. Um, that, that we, we're uh, proclaiming rather than procreating, so to speak, um, so as to bring about spiritual birth rather than physical birth, um, so as to fill the earth um, as far as God would allow with the image of the man of glory. So that's that's our thing. That's what we're doing, but yet we're still alive in our Adamic skin, and uh, we're we're sort of waiting for the end. And and we are also citizens of this world, participating in the culture under common grace in that sense. And and um, and so when we get married. It's, it's almost reminds me a little bit of of marriage itself in that marriage remains for the welfare of humanity as a common grace ordinance, mm-hmm. and um, and so does childbearing. I mean, so it is it is as you how did you put it earlier? I, th- I think the way you said it was great. It, it's sort of uh, proper, did you say or God? It, God would uh, we're designed for it or something along yeah. those lines? Yeah, y-
1: yeah. that I mean, husbands and wives are are designed that way. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I I think you really helpfully brought up that uh, as a result of the fall, there are problems now. And sometimes those are just unavoidable.
0: Yeah. Now, I suppose where the refraction thing actually hits the road for me, you know, I, I think it's a clear, as we were saying, I think it's a clear case when someone is, yeah, not able to have children. I mean, that burden should be lifted. You know, there's nothing less. Uh, true about their Christianity, or you know, less. Um, you know, it's not like they they can't do what the Bible asks them to do, or something like that. Um, that's easy, and hopefully that that theology just sets you free if you haven't heard that before. Mm. But um, but for the people that are then thinking about it, okay, how how many kids should I have? <laughs> um, and yeah, is is it like, am I going truly reformed? You know, the the gang of eight, or. or uh, or am I gonna sort of limit it to to a smallish family that's more in, in 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 sync with perhaps uh you know a more I don't know I don't want to sound too harsh I didn't really even know what I'm talking about here but kind of like a economic responsibility issue you know uh, uh you just you just not wanting to overburden the system or I don't know something along those lines um or perhaps you're thinking in terms of um you know hey it just works for us It's just it just in our in our situation, we feel like this amount of kids is is you know doable and allows us to take care of them well to the degree that we feel we need to take care of them, and um and 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 probably that's what's weighed heavily on on Candice in my mind in, in that we feel like, you know, we have a, have a child and, uh, you know, I, you want to make sure you're taking care of that that child and you feel an obligation to the children you have not to have too many children so that. You know, you're not unable to take care of all of them, and uh, and and living today in our age just does it is quite costly, and it does demand a certain amount of money for for each child and education and all that sort of thing, and you mm-hmm. know medical bills, and you've got to you've got to think about that, and I don't think that's um unwarranted, but where the refraction thing I think helps is that I'm thinking in terms of of um my children less. Less, uh, I'm thinking of you know. It's almost like I'm putting the the comp the compartment of blessing in a separate category and saying, and saying, oh, obviously they're a blessing from the Lord. And if if I had like a million bucks, uh, yeah, I just keep on having children and that'd be great. And you know, and if I had more time and whatnot, yeah, well, definitely. But but I'm not um, in any way challenging the concept that they're a blessing from the Lord by also just thinking about how. Living in this common grace realm, um I need to be most responsible and and i'm i suppose i'm I'm feeding the idea of of uh of of you know uh, having children to the view of of the flourishing of humanity uh right the way through to my having children to the flourishing of my family that lives amongst this humanity <laughs> uh, and I suppose that's the way I've kind of reasoned it through and and so I think that helps me because if I'm being too if, you know, if, I'm, if I am um, not wanting to have kids because I just want to buy a, bi- a bigger house and a nicer car and I don't necessarily need it, um, that might not be something that causes my family to flourish. In fact, that, w- that would be something that I probably need to put a check on. And um, and if everyone thought that way, um, you know, I think we'd be in trouble. Um, in fact, what's, what's so sort of interesting, just going to India every year and then I do the little pit stop in uh, Singapore. And uh, just talking to the pastors there, Singapore had this rule for a while that I don't have my details, my facts exactly straight here. Something to this effect though that uh, for a long time Singapore kind of put a heavy tax on anyone that would have more than I think one or two children. Mm. Um, and so that happened that for for a whole bunch of years. And the, the pastor that I was talking to had more than that, and uh, and he was feeling the real the pangs of that, and it was very difficult for him. And uh, but he was saying though that uh, the culture then. Developed to almost uh, put a bit of a frown on on having children and even it sort of moved beyond that in that well we don't want to even have children at all uh, and, and so many people are just getting together it was all about just uh, creating wealth for themselves and just having the most comfortable life and children would just be a, a pain in the butt so you know they're not even going there and so so it actually led to the point where uh, they were freaking out because it, you know there were there, there were no births <laughs> mm. and uh, and they, they were seeing a real end to everything if, if people didn't start having babies so all of a sudden the irony was and the, that they started saying, OK, well, listen, we'll uh, give you these benefits and, and bonuses if you start having like big families. And uh, and <laughs> the pastor that I was talking to was lamenting because he already had his big family and uh, had, had paid all the taxes involved. And now, you know, if it only had been, he, he would have been well off at this point uh, if he decided to have a big family. But, yeah, that's that's mm. kind of, I think, a good case study in many ways for. For how that works, in that we do have to have children, obviously, and um, and it does affect society, and it does affect uh, those around us, and we do also feel the drain of 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 irresponsible big families, I suppose. Um, and- right.
1: You know, one of the things that really uh, excites me about um, what I've learned from Meredith Klein is his definition of grace. Yes. And uh, I don't remember if we've talked about that on Meredith Mondays before, but yeah. anyway, the idea that um, uh, God is giving us the ultimate blessing in spite of um, our sin. So it's it's actually demerited favor. Yes, And, you know, uh, tying that into what we're talking about in terms of families, um, this is something that I haven't really heard discussed uh, much in the Reformed world, but I do think that there's a real sense in which um, we are designed to uh, model God as uh, fathers and mothers to our children. Yeah. And um, I, I think the the real challenge for us is modeling God's grace. Uh, the, I'm not saying that the law is unimportant, but it's built into um it's built into us. The covenant of works is, is left over such that um, law is always going to be there no matter what the gospel is, what's foreign. Yeah. And um, we, we need to think about, I think, how we um, model God's grace to our children. And so I don't think we can legislate to people, well, you need to have five or, you know, put a number on it. yeah you and your wife um or or if you're a wife you and your husband need to prayerfully um think through what you can handle in in light of modeling God's grace to your children that's a great point um I've got three and my hands are full um <laughs> I feel you because up, yeah. i i i i'm I'll admit I'm doing a lousy job at it, but when I think that I've kind of done okay with one, I, I realized that I've really messed things up with the other and I've got to go back and, <laughs> right. you know, confess my sin and, and yes. try to, um, get, you know, get back to that place where I'm, uh, modeling, um, a, a loving, gracious heavenly father. I'm not the heavenly father. I'm their earthly father, Right. but I, but I'm, a an image of that in some sense. Yes. And, yeah. uh, I guess I'd just like the listeners to to factor that into their thinking about families as well.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's great, and it, it is true. I mean, it, it people are going to differ on this, and there are just differing capacities, aren't there? I mean, some yes. some people. I think also what what Candace and I often think about is, uh, we we both grew up where we had one sibling, and you know it was basically you know, that, that's, that's our norm as it were. And so if, if we've seen anything modeled, it's been around that. And so even just for us going into the three category, there was, was quite a, quite a stretch in that we've never even seen this done uh, <laughs> with, with, you know, we see it done like from afar, but we've never grown up in that. And um, so, yeah, there, you know, we feel like we've, you know, we've challenged ourselves and that's good. And, and, uh, but and you, you might find that others are just able to go much larger than that and not, and mm-hmm. they've come up in a, in a big household and they know how it's done. And, and, but yeah, I think that's absolutely central that as long as we're not just con- turning it into, Hey, I've got to have a big family for some weird commission. That's not even, not even the thing. Um, and in the process forget to actually spend our t- spend time with our kids, um, model that grace to them. Um, uh, you know, wow, you know, that that's, that's heavy. um. And, and I feel I, I'm with you all the way. You know, I feel like, uh, I feel like I got my hands full at the moment. I feel like I'm doing a lousy job. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, you know, that's not to say that, hey, that's it. And I'm just gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try and live in a comfort zone or anything like that. But, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a real thing. And I want to make sure that I'm not uh, just, just steaming ahead uh, without processing that question and whether I want to be the best dad I can be and I want them to grow up in a house that they uh, know and understand exactly the things that you've described that that they, they know a father who spent time with them mm-hmm. and um and who has reflected um something of of what he has tasted in the gospel and and uh, yeah, I would feel like something is that that is a million times more important than you know, trying to hit a certain number, especially because it's some, you know, uh, reform norm or anything like that. And for some people, it's going to be like one kid, you know, and that's cool right. as well. So, um, yeah, well, there we go that I think we solved the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> I think it's done. I don't think anything more needs to get said about that. I think uh, we've nailed it, Chris. Done. Well,
1: Sojourner podcast has been great. Um, I mean, if we solved all the mysteries, I guess we don't need to keep on... Uh... Then we could just talk about
0: smoking. <laughs> and hey, so for this, you didn't even ask me what I was smoking for Smoking Saturday. I'll go oh. ahead and just go ahead and ask me right now. Redeem yourself. <laughs> Mike, what are you smoking? I'm smoking a cigar. <laughs> I'm smoking... And what a, kind of cigar? It's a New World cigar that I know absolutely nothing about. But oh. um, have you ever smoked one of those? those you remember when you were down, uh, we were smoking those... Well, Joe brought a whole bunch of these down. Oh, is it the same kind? Same kind. Okay. Did you have those? One of those? Were really good. Yeah. 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 I I'm enjoying them a little too much. I gotta say, because <laughs> you know, once these are done, I got no more, and I, I I don't think I'm gonna be able to get more either. So yeah, I'm just taking them slower and just I find like uh, yeah, just just one a week or whatever is great. But uh, yeah. So that's it, Chris. You gotta go to bed. It's late. It is late here, <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah. Hey, been great talking to you. And, you too, uh, Mike. Thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in 2 Age Sojourner. Be sure to check out the website and uh, go ahead and smack a five star review and uh, show us some sojourning love. And uh, let's let's get on the map with this thing. Uh, thanks for joining us. Talk to you again soon.